It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back in to Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Tired. Tired. Yeah. Alabama's game was uh, fairly late, but then I had to watch the end of my Braves and do all the Braves celebration things. So I'm a, I'm a zombie on this uh, on this Sunday when we're recording. Well, it's appropriate. We're close to Halloween, so that kind of works out. Um, <laughs> yeah. Jimmy, 15 in a row now over Tennessee. Uh, let's start there. Also want to thank everybody for making Locked on Bama the first podcast you listen to when it comes to anything in the world ever about any podcast. Thank you guys so much. Um, yeah, 15 in a row. There is certainly a lot to dissect from this game. There are certainly uh, some things we can talk about that Alabama has to work on. But I think we should start with all positives. Number one, Alabama has won 15 in a row over Tennessee. That's incredible. I mean, I I doubt any other programs come close to that in terms of number of wins in a row over Tennessee. So I don't care how bad they've they've been. I don't care how down they've been. That's a remarkable feat. Um, Bryce Young, I mean, look, it's not a banner year for Heisman Trophies uh, candidates, but you know what? Bryce Young appears to me to be the leader right now, uh, not in the clubhouse, but uh, on the 15th green. So that's a huge positive. Brian Robinson, three touchdowns, over 100 yards. First uh, player to go over 100 yards against Tennessee this year, I believe. Uh, The defense, rushing defense, uh, Tennessee was averaging like 250 a game, and they only gave up about 70. That's pretty remarkable. So there were some some real positives there, uh, and I think that's where we should start. Well, 15 years. I mean, you know, you say the winning streak's at 15, and that just sounds like you know, long and pretty cool, but that's, that's 15 years. That's just mind-boggling. I mean, it's just mind-boggling. And uh, I know he's sick of us. They're going to be writing songs about hating us soon, uh, <laughs> you know, if we keep that up. But, uh, yeah, there, there was more. All right, Jimmy, you've gone out on us. We knew this was a threat. So what I'm going to okay. do for right, for right now is um, uh, I'm just going to finish up this segment and uh, we'll uh, and then I'll do a live read and come back to you. Hang on. Okay. All right, everybody. Jimmy is on the road coming back from Tuscaloosa, so he's gone out on us. But I do think all of those positives that I threw out there at the very beginning are very very important. Um, Huge stuff. Uh, Brian Robinson, can't say enough good things about him. It was also nice to see John Mitchie get back very, very active. Uh, Two touchdowns, uh, led in in receptions and receiving yards, I believe. So uh, great day for Mitchie as well. Will Anderson with a sack and a half. I think he leads the country in sacks now. So, again, that's also a huge positive. And I thought the crowd was fantastic. I happened to be there. uh, Got to sit in a skybox. How about that? And uh, so – Got to see the crowd firsthand. Love seeing the cigar smoke fill the stadium. 
uh, you know, midway through the fourth. Thought that was fantastic. The crowd was unbelievable. Helped uh, cause several false starts. That's not something our crowds are generally known for. So uh, uh, kudos to the crowd. Kudos to the student section. Dixieland Delight was fantastic. Rammer Jammer was fantastic. So all of those things went down and all of them were awesome. And what I'm going to do now is tell everybody about Built Bar. Built Bar is the bar for you. You know you want to try it. Go to Built.com. Give them a whirl. You will absolutely love it. These things are covered in chocolate, good for a keto or a keto diet. They are so good uh, that you don't think you're eating a bar that's good for you, but it is good for you. And it will help you maintain or lose weight. You know, if you're the perfect weight, great. Eat a Built Bar. If you need to lose a little weight, good. Use it as a meal supplement. I promise you, it'll fill you up. I've had them several times. I order them all the time. We've got this new blueberry muffin flavor you would love. Go try it. Built Bar is what you want at Built.com. Use promo code Locked On to get that discount. And I promise you, this will not be the last time you order from Built Bar. Go to Built.com, try them out, use promo code Locked On. Also, I want to tell you about Prize Picks. It's the leader in college daily fantasy sports. It offers more college football props than anyone in the world and offers all the star players of the Power Five as well as the mid-major players you might not have even heard of. Prize Picks offers any prop you can think of from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. All of our users at Deposit and use promo code Locked On will receive a 100% instant deposit matchup to $100. You pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry, and it's just you versus the projected numbers. Use the award-winning app, Prize Picks, or go to prizepicks.com. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Prize Picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals. Promo code Locked On, Prize Picks. You will absolutely love this site. It's a lot of fun. All right, I think we have Jimmy back with us now. Uh, Jimmy, one other positive I want to throw out there, and this is the most obvious positive in the history of uh, obvious positives, but Bryce Young using his legs very, very effectively, scoring two touchdowns. Yes, one of them he did fumble. There's no doubt in my mind. Yes, he also recovered it. That wasn't a big deal. Um, I know Tennessee fans like to think it's another part of a conspiracy. It's not. Alabama recovered it. The, the same guy who fumbled recovered it, all those things. So it doesn't matter. But um, Bryce Young using his legs to get some first downs. He made some incredible moves. I love to see him get that um, swagger back with his run game. I know we've been very apprehensive about his running the ball, but uh, glad that he was able to do it and not get hurt. As long as he's able to do it and not get hurt, it's fun to watch because he's got fantastic feet. It's his feet more so than his speed. I'm sure he would run a really good time on the 40, but he's just so quick. I mean, he he, he is a high-end athlete, and uh, it's what, what makes him fun to watch in addition to the accuracy and the release and the intangibles and everything else. He's a high-end athlete, but if he gets hurt, uh, that that's just it. I mean, literally, I hate to be that guy, but, but literally, if Bryce gets hurt, I, I will be on the podcast saying, season's over. Yeah, I mean, look, there's no doubt about it. But at this point, see, now we're eight eight games in. And, I mean, if everything goes swimmingly, we got seven more games. And if everything goes perfectly, we got seven more games. So I I think we can say, all right, we got to cut loose now if we want to try and win it. I mean, game two, I, I understand being a little bit skittish about letting him run. Now we're in the stretch run. And, see, if we don't go... If we don't win the rest of these, we don't win it anyway. So right. it doesn't matter if he gets hurt or not. So I think that now we got to sort of let the rough end drag 
And so I'm glad to see him use his legs a little bit more. And uh, frankly, look, I, I've read some other folks about the, the Heisman season, and I said it earlier in the, in the first segment, this is not a banner year for Heisman candidates. There's no doubt about it. When people are literally clamoring for Jordan Davis uh, to be mentioned, Jordan Davis is very good. He's really good. But he ain't Heisman worthy. Um, right. So, uh, you know, damn, I lost my train of thought. Now it's back. Okay. So <laughs> my, my point is that I saw a lot of people talking about, uh, well, Bryce Young just has all these five stars he's working with and he's not. Let me tell you something. Oh, Bryce Young is playing magnificent football. He doesn't have Devontae Smith. He doesn't have Jalen Waddle, Henry Ruggs, Jerry Judy. And then his number one weapon uh, can either be Jameson Williams, who is great at times, but he also dropped the first pass of the game, which was right on the money. And if he catches it, he might take it to the house. Um, then his other primary weapons are Latu, who had a pretty good game. He, he wasn't great. He did miss the block on the on the putt block. but Or J- Jaleel Billingsley, who frankly, oh, my God, Jimmy, I don't know what's going on with that cat, but he dropped one that really should have been a touchdown right on the numbers, beautiful pass, and he just flat drops it. And I don't know what's going on with him, but we got to get him straight. The drops are really frustrating, and, uh, you know, Billingsley just sort of disappeared. And by disappeared, I don't mean he's, he's not part of things. He's disappeared from from making plays. I mean, three, four weeks ago, I, I was predicting Billingsley would have as many targets and make as many big plays down the stretch as anybody in the offense. And I don't think he caught a single ball last night, although a couple were thrown at him. Uh, but I don't think he caught one. And, uh, and it is frustrating, especially when you know he was – mad about not getting to play early in the season <laughs> now you're getting to play and you know where's the uh you know where's the meat like they used to say in the uh in, in the Wendy's ads uh that's frustrating and Jamison Williams drops are also frustrating because he's such a good player but I'll tell you what it's a good illustration of why despite his true 4-4 legitimate speed he's not Devontae Smith he's not Henry Ruggs he's not Jerry Judy yeah he can run with those guys that's his best trait, and it's an elite trait. But but he's not the pure wide receiver those guys are. There's just too many drops. And, uh, you know, if I, I, I know he's going to be projected in some first rounds because of that speed. But if I was able to advise him, I, that's a kid that needs to come back because there's a lot for him to work on, I think, before he's ready to play pro football. My favorite thing you said in all of that is the old Wendy's ad where's the meat <laughs> it was where's the beef how the is hell that did you, see that? you know what it reminds me of? <laughs> it reminds me of an episode of the office when um andy andy was talking about hey yeah you know you got to come up with a good jingle you know it's like give me a break give me a break break me off a piece of that dun, dun, dun. he couldn't remember what it was <laughs> <laughs> and he was like uh football cream he was like he couldn't remember what it was um, ever since uh, ever since God invented the remote control, I really stopped watching commercials. So I, 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 I was doing good to get that far. Okay, that's a good point. I, I, I can sympathize with you right there. Um, all right, Jimmy, let's go ahead and take another break here. When we come back, we're going to finish up talking about this game. And, um, man, again, tons to talk about. This has given us enough content for two weeks, which is wonderful because we have an off week Saturday. 
It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. All right, Jimmy, we're back. Um, again, Tennessee, here's some negative things, okay? First of all, what in the name of all things holy are we tr- doing trying to block that punt of uh, fourth and 23 or 28 or something, and we're about to get the ball back, uh, you know, with a chance to just take command of the game, and instead we give Tennessee the ball back and they get the lead. I mean, it just – that was such a momentum shifter. And then on the other side, our special teams gives up a punt block. How the hell do you get a rugby kick blocked? I don't know that I've hardly ever seen a rugby-style punt get blocked. But our uh, punt mistake when we, we tried to block their punt, I, I've not seen the replay enough times to, to, to really see what happened. But it appeared to me we had a full block on, meaning we had – multiple players sell out to get to the punter. We clearly were trying to block the punt like it was a play call. But it looked to me like Roy Dell and Chris Braswell sort of uh, uh, bumped coconuts. They sort of clanged into each other. And and Roy Dell sort of sent Chris Braswell flying directly into the punter. It kind of looked like Braswell was knocked into the punter, but by his own guy. I mean, which certainly makes it a penalty. Uh, it, it was just uh, it was just a little chaotic. I, I don't know that we should have two guys side by side. Uh, it just seemed a little reckless, you know, even if it was accidental. And uh, getting our own punt blocked uh, was just pretty disgraceful. As a rugby, I thought you. It was almost like he he rugby punted it. He, he rolled out in the direction of the pressure, and uh, we just got to take a look at that design. No, you're absolutely right. It's like he was like, okay, I forgot how to play this game. I'm supposed to kick it right into the face mask of a defender, right? Oh, there he is. <laughs> I mean, it, it was bizarre. Um, but, again, special teams, nothing really special this game. Um, and I, I do have another question. How many times did we punt in this game? I don't remember. Uh, I don't know. I'm going to guess because that's not a stat I memorized from the game, but I would guess we punted uh, maybe four times, three times at the most, maybe three three or four times, and I might be overestimating. We we, we, we normally just scored. I mean, it, it was the craziest game offensively. I, I feel like I could list 10 or 12 things we did wrong offensively, and we scored 52 points. Yeah. I mean, it was an amazing production of points yet it felt like we were making errors all over the place. Uh, But, no, we didn't punt much. They didn't stop us much. We punted three times, and technically the block doesn't count as a punt. It counts as a team punt. Um, Right. But, anyway, uh, what was weird, um, you go to the team stats for this. This is the most bizarre stat line. First downs, 33 to 10 in favor of Bama. Third down efficiency, 
Tennessee, two of 12. Alabama, 15 of 20. That's ridiculous. Total yards, total yards, 346 for Tennessee, 574 for Alabama. 371 yards passing for Bama, 282 for Tennessee. Uh, Rushing, Tennessee only had 64 yards. Alabama had 203. Penalties, Tennessee had 12. But you know what? I have no idea. It doesn't show me. I'm going to guess at least four or five of them were false starts that that were clear, you know, can't screw that up, false starts. Um, And, I mean, I thought all penalties were pretty much warranted. So, I mean, I don't think this was a – I've seen some Tennessee fans bitch about the officiating again. But, you know, when you've won 15 in a row, I guess you got to look – or lost 15 in a row, I guess you got to look for something. But, you know, Alabama also had the – the turnover on the 10-yard line, they had a punt block. They gave up. They missed a field goal. I know it was a 53-yarder, but he missed it. They also um, – the, they had a drop from Billingsley, which would have been for 100 yards, you know, practically 200 mm-hmm. yards. Um, they had all these things happen, and they did all this. It, and in a sense, I get the angst for Pete Golding after this game. I mean, everybody in the box with me was just eviscerating Pete Golding. Just to – just – cussing his name and um it, live watching it live i understood but then when i see these stats and realize okay and one of their their biggest pass play was really uh the, our defense sort of got caught with its pass down at least josh job did and i think the argument could be made that that receiver took off a little bit early that was one false start they didn't call but you know it is what it is so you know, the one big play we give up, the huge play, is 70 yards. You take away that play, my God, the defense played remarkably well. Yeah, that's what I tweeted this morning. Uh, like, like, it was literally the truth. I mean, I looked at the stats this morning, and I looked at them last night, but, of course, I had the Braves thing, you know, right when Alabama uh, ended. But So this morning I was really pouring over the statistics from the game, and I was like, what, what game was this? What game was this? But it just shows how – this is how spoiled we are. And, and what have I said on the show repeatedly? We're not spoiled. We're ruined. And, and, and here, here's the perfect reason for that. Um, I think if you polled uh, our listeners, our listeners, and, and just gave them three options, is Bill O'Brien doing a great job, a good job, or a bad job? I think the majority would say he's doing a good job. But more people would say he's doing badly than great. Would you agree with that? I mean, in terms of like you pulled our listeners, I think most would say good, but more would say bad than great. Would you agree I, I, with that? I, I would say if you gave them four choices, great, good, meh, or bad, they'd go meh. And we're <laughs> that's crazy when you look at the stats. We are second in the nation in scoring. Second in the nation. And scoring is like his thing, right? Isn't that his job? Isn't that the job when you're the offense coordinator? It's like, all right, my job is to run the Alabama offense and score as many points as possible. And we're second in the whole country in scoring. And most of us believe, and I'm I'm not blaming it on everybody else. Like, like, I would answer the question the same way. I've not been knocked out by Bill O'Brien. I'm not sitting here saying he's he's a uh, Sark's equivalent or he's been doing fantastic. I, I, I don't know. I just know this. There's a lot of complaining about him and we are second in the country in points scored 
So what are we expecting? What, what are we expecting out of him and the team and Coach Saban? Uh, I, I, it's, it's nuts. That's what I say. We're, we're, we're sort of more ruined than spoiled. Um, I think we're averaging 46 points a game. I didn't say we scored 46 points. I said we're averaging 46 points every time we play football. And for some reason, we are very upset with our offensive coordinator, despite the fact everyone on offense is new. Last year's offense is all playing, you know, today. Yeah, and and again, I would go back to Bill O'Brien is working with a new quarterback, new number one, number two, number three receivers, a tight end who's awesome but is uh, doesn't seem to be in a good headspace right now, uh, an offensive line that's certainly not as good as last year's, uh, running back, no, no running back explosivity. I don't know if that's a word, but the most explosive <laughs> running back we had was Jason McClellan. He's done for the year. So right. I, I think we are being way too hard on probably both coordinators. That being said, I, I get the angst on golden. I do because it does look like sometimes we just, boy, I don't, I don't know what to too say. Many too many yeah. bus, too many bus. And that's on him. I mean, you know, it, who do you point the finger at for the bus? I mean, you know, it's easy to get frustrated at the players who are clearly in the wrong place at the wrong time and they, they didn't do their assignment and didn't do as coached. But ultimately, I mean, these are 18 to 22-year-old kids. I mean, if the, if the defensive backs are, are, are not doing their assignment and covering the wrong guy and not in the right place at the right time, uh, that's something that you have to blame on, on the coaching staff, frankly, if, if, you, if you want to play the blame game. But uh, as far as eviscerating Golding for last night, we did give up too many points. We probably gave up too many yards. Uh, but uh, we did a spectacular job uh, against the run. Uh, we, Tennessee had a potent running attack. We, we really limited that. Uh, and really, we held them to 10 first downs, or, or, which, which is an unreal low number. And secondly, uh, if you take out two or three snaps, which were bust, and the Joe play when Joe was staring at the sidelines uh, while the while the receiver was running past him. Uh, if you take that out, we gave up virtually nothing. It was really two or three bad snaps by the defense out of the sixty or so that they played. So uh, I, I didn't think it was Golding's best night, but but I also didn't. I, I think it was far from his worst. Here's one other stat before we go, Jimmy. That kind of blew my mind. The, here's one thing that people will use against Golding but it's really just remarkable. The 24 points Tennessee scored is the most points Tennessee has scored against Alabama since the five overtime game uh, in, in 2003. <laughs> That's funny. That's nothing to get upset about. Uh, uh, again, I mean, their, their points, their points came on those busted plays, the big plays. Uh, and, and it's not like they marched up and down the field on us at all. And give Hendon Hooker some credit. That's a good quarterback. He's good. He's good. I, I wonder what I wonder what he would look like if he was, if he was playing with better players. I mean, Hendon Hooker. If, if you're an NFL, I, I'd take a look at him late in that draft. That that might be a guy no one talks about in April. That's a sixth or seventh rounder that makes a team and plays. Uh, he, he also pushes the ball down the field. I mean, he, he's not a dinker and a dunker. Hendon Hooker pushes the ball down the field, and he's athletic. Um, he's a good player. I would go yeah. so far as to say he's the second-best quarterback we played this year behind Matt Corral. Nope, I, I, so far. And here's one other thing I want to throw out there. 
that I, I there was an article on Alabama Alabama.com, AL.com. Uh, and, and everybody's talking about this. You know, ooh, that team doesn't look like if they play like that, they couldn't beat Georgia. If they play like that, they couldn't beat Georgia. Here's the thing. We don't play Georgia right now. We've got a while. Let's see how this goes. Let's see if anything else can develop. We also have an off week coming up. Let's see if we can get uh, Billingsley in the right headspace. Let's see if we can get another running back to take another step. Let's see if we can get another receiver, a freshman wide receiver uh, like Treshawn Holden. You know what? Um, He he should have had a touchdown. He slipped down. That's not going to happen all the time as he gets experience. I mean, he made a nice cut and just lost his footing. Let's see if the mood of the team improves. Let's see how it goes. We didn't play Georgia last night. That's that's so it doesn't matter that we that team couldn't have beaten Georgia and they couldn't have. I agree, but they didn't play Georgia last night. If we play Georgia, we don't do it for about a month and a half. So let's just see how it goes. No, that's a great point. And my last note would be would be this: what I'm tired of seeing, or I think is just played out to death and is uh, irrelevant to everything in the world is uh, comparing uh, the 2021 Alabama team to previous Alabama teams, that we're not as good as last year posts. First of all, no one said we would be. Second, everyone was sort of crazy for thinking we even could be. 2020 was probably the greatest college football team of all time. Uh, And third, we don't have to play previous Alabama teams. They are nowhere on our schedule. Nowhere on our schedule is – the 2016 Alabama team or the 2009 Alabama team or even a a really bad Alabama team like 2003. Those teams aren't on our schedule. We have to beat the college football team that's on the opposite sideline every week, not previous Alabama teams. It is irrelevant where this team stacks up to those teams. It's only relevant if they beat the team that's on the other sideline and we've played eight games and we've done it seven times. All right, buddy, that'll do it for this episode. We will talk to you guys tomorrow with more Tennessee reaction and wrapping up the SEC. So until then, roll tide. Roll tide. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.